0: Hello and welcome to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Youngren. Joined uh, with me is my brother, Luke Youngren. (laughs) What's up, bro? (laughs) (laughs) This is really weird. This is Uh, really weird. uh, Are we even doing a Zoom? Am I not going to be able to see you? No, we can't see each other. Should we have done a Zoom? I don't know. Should we have? I can't. This is so weird that you and I are just doing this I know. podcast. So, well, we we said we would. I know. We so Sean, Sean we, deserted us. I know. So. Sean is gone. He's in uh, Singapore. Uh, I don't quite know the reason why. It might just be a uh, pre uh, NHL it's a vacation. season vacation. Um, but That's public knowledge, right? It. I, yeah, he's been tweeting and whatnot. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. but um, it's just the two of us. Uh, we can't see each other because I think we addressed this before. Uh, is that we're on different corners of the room. We don't look at each other. No. I didn't get the zoom up, but Sean is not here. Uh, it's just the two of us. Uh, two weeks ago, we said that we were going to try out a podcast with just the two of us. This is episode, I believe, 49? I don't know. I, I can't I, I can't know. remember. Plus, the we're well over 50. I thought we got to 50. And, yeah. Well, with guests, we're well over 50. Oh, we, okay. we have yet to do a podcast. It's just the two of us, um, but Sean was a little busy the last month, and so we thought, well, you know, let's start preparing. So I tried to do the intro. Uh, I hope it I hope it worked all right. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great. How you doing, bro? I'm, you know, I'm doing doing well. You know, our <laughs> team projections are out. Initial yeah. team projections are out. So we yep. figured, well, we probably should do a podcast discussing them. We'll probably do another one, which show when Sean gets back uh, later in the week, potentially before the season starts. But we figured just a quick, you know, we'll keep it probably about 30 minutes here and uh, you know, just kind of well, talk about. We always the team say we're going to keep it thirty. minutes. I know we do. And then, uh, but it's just me. What are we going to talk? We're just going to agree <laughs> the whole time. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, we're be like, oh yeah, that's right. You're right. I'm right. You know, we're all right. Um, no, I yeah, I uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. But uh, yeah, we are uh, we're recording this on a Monday night. It is uh, October third. Um, the NHL season officially starts this Friday, the seventh. Correct. Yeah. Uh, with um, the the European uh, Europe games, they're in Prague, uh, but the uh, it's a couple days after that that most of the games start up so like Luke said um we got the uh, the team projections out uh this morning they're on evolvinghockey.com we got an uh, I wrote up an article kind of going over the projections but then also doing a, a little quick blurb on each of the divisions and some changes between them which we'll get into in in a little bit um but yeah Luke worked uh tirelessly on that's one of the 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 team projections uh like this are one of Luke's areas. Uh, yes, that, this that, is like the only modeling. Well, not the only modeling, but this is like my it's become my duty to do the team game projections, uh game projection model and then the game projection model that makes that goes into the simulation for predicting uh team point totals, end of season standings basically. Yeah, which um, so, we, we can get into in a little bit. I'm wondering: is there should we up front? I was thinking: should we cover any other? Uh, is there any other NHL news or anything that's going on? Well, that, Jason Robertson still hasn't signed. Jason Robertson is still not signed. Uh, it seems like at least on m- more the recent reports is that it's likely he won't be signed before the season starts. Which mm-hmm. I do think it is. It, I like holdouts kind of happen every year. I mean, I think that people every time they happen, I feel like it. People act like, oh, wow, this is unprecedented and whatnot. Well, this is just, I think it's very comparable to the Nylander situation. Yeah, it is. And so, I don't know. I can't remember exact. Didn't he hold out like a month or more? (sighs) I penciled him in for like, I think it was three weeks into the season. Robertson. Robertson, yeah. Yeah. So, basically, he doesn't, he's not starting the season in our projection, but he'll be in, it was either two or three weeks into the season, which is kind of my best estimate. I mean, this is kind of how you have to do it with a lot of these things, because... Especially, I mean, we can kind of get into how the model actually works, but... Well, we can get into it a little bit. I, yeah, I'm i trying to just, we're trying to, I'm trying to buy time without Sean here to <laughs> to list off nonsense about Duncan and oh, all I know. stories about random... Well, you know, we cut all the fluff out when Sean is in unknown <laughs> no, he's going to shit on Sean the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I hope, oh. Sean, that you're listening to this wherever... I doubt he's going to listen to this. Oh, I think Sean will absolutely listen to this. Just you to think pro- he'll listen to it? I bet he'll to listen to it. To prove that his worth... <laughs> yeah, that that he's he's required on the podcast, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know. I well, feels it feels weird just talking to you, Luke. We do this every oh, day. I know. We're we just, don't talk this much to each other. No, we don't usually talk nonstop to each other. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what else is happening? Uh, I guess. Wait, did Sandine sign? Sandine signed Sandine signed? Yes. Okay. Um. So and, yeah, for the most part, rosters other than Robertson, um, and a few injuries, injury yeah, questions. I think rosters are pretty much set. I think that there's a couple like. You know, depth players that are kind of vying for spots. Um, yeah, I know there's that some PTOS that have been expiring. I, I think Galchenyuk got released from by Colorado. I, I saw I James Neal James got Neal released. Got released. So the final rosters are really coming together, and now it's kind of just a um, you know hurry up and wait situation for the season to start. But mm-hmm. oh, and then the other big news is that we Crack and unveiled their mascot, Bowie. Oh yeah, Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love Bowie. I also love Bowie as well, although I don't really know the personality. Um, no, I don't. It's just a w- another weird mascot, and yeah. I'm a big fan of just sw- odd mascots in the NHL. Yeah, there's there's nothing better than weird, uh, weird mascots. Shout out to all hail Scorch. Oh, yeah, uh, Scorch. Which- <laughs> I mean, former, not actually NHL, but that would be the perfect. I mean, come on. That's the perfect mascot for the Flames, is yeah. Scorch. They're called Flames. Well, no, the, it wasn't the the Calgary. It was their. Uh, I know it was the Adirondack Flames. Yeah, we have talked about this. We have on the talked podcast, about so. Anyway, but Gritty, best mascot in sports, obviously. When Gritty first came out, everybody was like, "What the hell is this?" They were terrified. <laughs> and then Luke and I loved. Gritty. Oh, we immediately love Gritty. So we're we're banking on our immediate love of the weirdness of Bowie. Uh, and I mean, I thought I thought kind of. Th- well, I heard Kraken mascot reveal. I kind of thought they were going to do a. Like, you know, like, what's the the character in the Pirates of the Caribbean that has, like, the octopus head with the, like, beard that's, like, tentacles? <laughs> I thought that might, but anyway. <laughs> anyway. I'm just reading about Scorch here. I don't think I've ever really <laughs> gone into detail about Scorch, even though that's going to irritate some of our Scorch Stack fans. Uh, yeah, subscribe uh, to Scorch Stack, fans. Obviously. Um According to this, is a, a, this is from Sean Leahy uh, from October of 2015. It reads, five days, five whole days. That's how long Scorch lasted on this earth. <laughs> from Scorch's immediate unveiling, it never stood a chance to last. The backlash began immediately and only multiplied once the dark history behind those big googly dead eyes was learned. It seems like Scorch was a little too early. Was it too ahead of yeah, the time? Yeah, Scorch was ahead of its time. Um I'm trying to read. Why did Scorch get uh, removed? Because <laughs> it it burned that uh, fireman. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. It set the fireman on, on fire. Yeah. So, you know. According to the flame, Scorch was the first smoldering ember of the Great Fire of 1864. <laughs> Corny, but whatever. We're talking about a mascot. But then the Post star released a video skit featuring Scorch overpowering a firefighter, symbolizing the fire's domination over the city 150 years ago. <laughs> like way ahead of its time. <laughs> like Scorch was. That was an incredible idea and I think that uh the you know the, the hockey world wasn't ready for Scorch but anyway yeah. like Bowie, that's basically the only thing that's happened except for our p- uh point projections came out. Yeah, I suppose now uh yeah, what what would sh- uh would Sean um Want to talk about anything else? No, uh, I don't how, think probably so. Probably not. Probably not. Just, why, why do we keep... She isn't here. Sean isn't here. That's it. Yeah, the, we can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, we can do whatever, whatever the hell. Um. Anyway, okay. So getting into the team projections. Um. And like Luke said, we... I, I believe Sean will be around in a couple days, so we likely will have another episode out actually relatively soon. I think we'll do kind of our overall takes on the... Um, on the season, and maybe some like kind of you know our picks and whatnot for dark horse candidates. and Yeah, stuff but maybe like that. now we can just kind of go through the model, how it works, kind of dig into more the technical side. So then when Sean comes back, we can kind of go through the kind of what they're saying and everything. So, yeah, we, we could do that. I think we could also talk a little bit about the article, oh, yeah, like the divisions of, and yeah, some the of initial. the changes and whatnot. Yeah, so um, basically, I'll just start. So, because this was my doing, um, yeah, go for it, you got it. Uh, so yeah, so for the for the team projections page on Evolving Hockey, we have the tab which is point projections and game projections we make two separate models um to to do each one is for the points projection it's um using some team rosters um just roster level so there's no team metrics that are included um because we we don't have future team you know metrics like there's they haven't played any games yet so that's basically the only difference between the model that goes into predicting our the game outcomes on evolving hockey and the model that goes into um, predicting point projections or team points, um, except for team point projections. And I should say that that model um, is built using uh, uh, previous, like specific skater and goalie models for projecting um, x bar which is our expected standing points uh, above replacement metric, and then a custom um, game score type method that Josh developed a couple years ago um, by basically finding optimal sets of weights for box score metrics that best predict future game outcomes. So we used... Two skater models, and and, then, and quickly just for for any, if anyone doesn't know what game score is, it's just kind of taking a um a set number of box score metrics. Usually, there's standard box score stuff like goals, points, but then also or goals, assists, shots, but also something like um you know relative to teammate might be included or on ice Corsi for differential, those kind of like shot attempt numbers, and then each one of those metrics is assigned a weight. So how important it? Is. It's kind of like if you're familiar with fantasy points. Um, it's like that, and then that's all added up, and you derive it a, a number. Yeah, but we use the the original um, Dom uh, uh game score, the original metrics he used. So we use on-ice Corsi 4, 5-on-5 five five, uh, score-adjusted on-ice, Corsi 4 uh, per 60, or no, Corsi 4, like, total, and then differential, and then goal differential on-ice at 5-on-5. Um, so basically, we have two models... So we get two ratings for all players. One is their predicted X-bar for the next season. The next is the predicted game score, our game score, for the next season. And then for goalies, we use a um, score and venue adjusted uh, Fenwick save percentage. That's all situations. And then we kind of do a little regression on the really low-end players just because it's a rate stat. And then the same thing, we do a um, regressed um, our goalie gar rate. So it's per Fenwick or per 100 Fenwick shots against... That's the metric we use for goalies. So we have two skater metrics that we're predicting, two goalie metrics that we're predicting. Those then get summed down um, per team for the whole season. So at the start, um, and then we then use those team strength, quote unquote, team strength metrics to then predict game outcomes for the away team and the home team. Um, We feed those into a model predicts probability of home team winning and um then yeah so the and then the second part of that so is preparing the rosters so we use a monte carlo simulation um essentially to it it uses hold on let me have we we've we've done this before yeah i'll just do a quick overview the monte carlo sim takes basically like luke said um and we'll probably do a quick recap of this just after but uh we The models that Luke just described give us game probabilities for every game in the schedule, um, and then every one of those games, the, what a the Monte Carlo simulation is, is essentially you take the home team's probability, you replace the away team's, and, and then you basically discard the away team's probability for every game, and replace that away team probability with a random number between 0 or 1, or a random probability, and... And then if the home team's probability is higher than that random number or that random probability, um, the home team would be considered to have one and, and then vice versa for the away team with the random number. And then you do that thousands of times for you predict you do random numbers for every single game in the season so this year there's 1,312 regular season games yes and so what ends up happening is it it allows you to um to account for the game probabilities that we that the original model deals with but then also it can more or less simulate why it's called a simulation is it's kind of simulating every game in the in the um in the schedule and so you can it, it allows for um you do account for something like team strength and also just like back to backs. Cause we include those in the model as well. Um, you know, something like, uh, like division strength, division so. strength, like number of teams that each team plays against kind of thing. And, and it, so it, it kind of converts the raw game probabilities, which on their own, when you have 1300, some, you know, game probabilities, you can't easily convert that into a point number for in the standings, but the simulation allows you to more or less kind of have the whole season play out thousands of times in a kind of a, um, You know, and it's kind of a law of large numbers type thing, where over the course of enough, you'll you'll get smooth. You know, it'll smooth the probabilities overall and account for all of these things that we can't necessarily do easily in the game. Probably. So at the start, we run, we do this fifty thousand times for our initial projections. Um, Generally, just increasing it makes them uh, the numbers just kind of a little bit. They start to just all hone into the same. I don't want to say true number, but there's it's kind of like if you do if you repeat coin flips enough times, the the Total probability of getting heads or tails approaches 50%. It's kind of the idea there. And so for the in season is just because of the time constraints, we do like 20,000, I think, maybe 25,000. But for the but preseason, that's, that's we did 50,000. That's daily. Um, so yeah. So, and then the other reason for the Monte Carlo simulation is that there's obviously going to be roster changes. So we um, account for Paul players who aren't injured for, or so like March and, um, get our best estimate on when he'll be back. Um and then we can basically sub him in for a active player. So then we switch in March and you know, switch in McAvoy. We'll switch in Robertson at some point. Um so any um you know, and there, there's a lot of things that we potentially – well, it would it would be – So before we get into that, because <laughs> let's do a, a quick recap of how this works because I, I think we did cover it a year ago, but I think it's – because a lot of other models that you'll see, it's we're right around the time where um, there were several other people today that released their projections. This is very similar to how a lot of other people do theirs as well, so it's nothing that we're doing that's too – Unique other than using our own metrics and our own models. But we build out um, or Luke builds out uh, player projection, uh, I guess, models for every player in the league or I guess and using X bar and game score or expected standing points above replacing. So we get an expected value in two things for what we think a player is going to do. Then for every team, we take the projected forward uh, forwards, defensemen and goalies who we think are going to play based on research and based on um, reporting in a given season for a given team. And so each team has kind of a general team strength. That's their forward strength, their defenseman strength, their goalie strength. That is then put into a model um, that uh, predicts game probabilities for every game. And so we'd take, say, you know, Tampa versus Florida or whatever, you know, in one game, and they'll play however many games this year. Each one, each team, one team will be the home team, one team will be the away team. Then they'll each have a forward defenseman and goalie uh, kind of projected strength, and then that model gives us a game probability that we expect for you know for the home team to win and then the last step is to throw throw all of those 1300 some game probabilities into a simulation that accounts for the schedule and gives us a standing points value um, and allows us to deal with injuries and back-to-backs and um, strength of division and all that stuff. And so that's kind of the o- broad overview yes. of how it all there's works. There's a lot that goes into it, and it's a lot, there's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces. So, um, it's, But yeah, um, so I, I guess uh, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I don't know if no, you, no, have, no. Do you have something else to well, say. Well, I was just going to say I did a lot of testing to try to improve on what we had done yeah. um, last year. Um, and really I didn't, it's basically the same model of, except we have last year's data. Um, I, 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 had a lot of ideas about trying things and I would test them out and the model didn't get any better it got, would get worse or blah, blah, blah. So we kind of pretty much just, I, I tried, I threw a lot of stuff at the wall and nothing really stuck. So I guess that when I did it last year, it was, you know, good work, good, good work. work. I think it, good you work. know, <laughs> it, it worked now, you know, we weren't, we didn't have the best team point projection, but. I think we were somewhere in the middle, um, yeah. But like projecting team points is—it's just you can get burned in so many different ways that is like completely unexpected, and you know, really, I think Josh said that it's in the model or in the right in the model write-up or in the point projections write-up. But you know, we we provide um, a standard deviation or an error range that's like a plus or minus, and that is the one standard deviation on all fifty thousand. Run. So you get a distribution for each team, which we used to display, and I actually, we probably could still display that, which basically is a standard distribution looking chart, and you basically have the mean of that, so the middle of the distribution is our projection, and then we, there's a, you can do standard deviation, so we just do plus or minus one standard deviation on all of the um, the, the the distribution for each team, and that's our error range, but realistically, um, it, I don't know, maybe should be like two standard deviations, which would just double, I don't know, it's just, it's more to, and, and really, I think if you actually go and look at it, almost every team has about an eight to eight and a half kind of uh, mm-hmm. plus or minus standard deviation range, which is, more or less saying that for we think that the error range is the model the simulation error range within one standard deviation um would be about sixteen points, give or take, around the Yeah, uh, plus or uh, minus eight to eight yeah, and a half. Eight and a half. Basically. So um but yeah, so so sorry, where were you going with that? Were you just Oh talking I was about, just oh. saying that it's like <laughs> we don't have Sean so we don't so have Sean interrupted So <laughs> for instance, if we like you know, if you project a team to do really well and then they get completely oh, yeah, yeah. decimated by injuries, right? That's like very difficult to predict or project, right? Well, so, which is what happened with Vegas last year, is Vegas. We were very high on Vegas going into the season, and then basically they lost like their entire top nine forwards or whatever. And Shea Theater was out, and Transilo I think I saw had a it. They really did, bad. season. I don't season. think they played a single game last season that had um their starting roster healthy. Yeah, so it's like when you pro- so team point projections. Basically, what I'm saying is that team point projections are just like there. I view them more as like well. I you know, I do the best that I can. We do the best we can given the you know situation, but it's just always like there's so much that could go wrong and so many different things could change. And, you know, it's like, for instance, here is an example. Like I've been seeing all these rumblings about Chikorin, right, on Arizona and how Arizona is going to trade him and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well, as the model, as the simulation builder, quote unquote, like, I kept him in with Arizona for the whole year because there's no reports that are, you know, d- d- definite. But I could imagine a situation where I'd say, OK, well, he's not going to stay in Arizona for the whole season. So we're going to. But then it's like, well, then I would actually have to trade him in the simulation to <laughs> a new team. So then Arizona would lose Chick-in, Another team would get him. But then it's like you get down all of these rabbit holes where you can kind of dig into it as much as you want and it's like so we just kind of you know like our normal approach to this is we try to stay as objective as possible um you know i use we use a right wide range of beat writers and you know we oh i should also say that we're using cap friendly depth oh, yeah. charts. we really need to shout out we do need to ca- shout out cap friendly as always we're using cap friendly's depth charts best hockey site out yes. there <laughs> yes and so Um, so we get the, the rosters from cap friendly, and then we do a lot of research to, to get rosters, um, and see, on you know, injury reports are super all over the place. So we try to get our best guess on when, when players like big impact players are going to come in. Um, but But ultimately it's, it's ultimately it's, it seems like it's with this, it's, there's so few data points. So it's like we have what? 14 seasons, basic, no 15 with the RTSS data. And so, if you're trying to build a model to predict end of season right um, team performance, like that's if you're trying to just do a normal like I don't know uh, linear regression to predict, that would be like 30 teams times 15, so you're at like 300 or 400 data points, and that's like you're I don't know that's just not a way. I I I think the point the point right is that we do the team because. The other thing that goes into this, like we mentioned, but the actual, like, if, if you're familiar with our game probabilities on the site um, that update daily, the model that we use for that is the same model we use for these team point projections, like Luke mentioned Except earlier. Except it has rolling team. Yeah, metrics. so it's slightly different, but updating that also updates this. So it's kind of the next step is like, well, you could just look at where we think our team strength is. Um, I think overall, though, it's an interesting look to see. And like, I, I think moving into the kind of what the write up was, and we can talk a little bit about the divisions here, is looking at where um, it's a good gauge for just. Based on our metrics and what's on the site, and kind of how teams have changed, like which teams have improved and which teams have gotten worse, and you know, obviously that's take I so on. on, I guess I'll just say on the uh, the front page of the Evolving Hockey right now, the top article is the article I wrote up about the projections, um, where I went through a little bit for each of the divisions, um, and I compared our current our like our preseason projections going into this upcoming season to what we had a year ago, just to show. How teams changed and where we expect you know teams now versus where we did a year ago. Um, I think the thing that was really interesting to me was it actually seemed like um, overall that the parody is kind of and I still (laughs) struggled with using this word in the article. Does parody it returns? Is it is it parody has returned? Is that what you're? Does parody increase? Does it decrease? There's more parity. There's more parity, which would mean that it increases, it right? increased, so meaning that more teams are Look up how to together. use parity in a sentence, Luke. I well, what are you trying to say? Well, I'm just saying that compared to last year, I think that more teams, like, so my point kind of, and I did this at this, the end. It is uh, the state or condition of being equal, especially regarding status or pay. So, so that would imply that parity will return, right? Or it either is or it isn't. Like, can parody become? Can we have more parody? I don't. It doesn't matter. Just <laughs> get to the point here, bro. <laughs> um, my my point was that I think a couple teams, notably Colorado and Tampa and Vegas, uh, um, all got. A little worse um this off season, and some some of the teams that have historically been really bad or at least the last couple seasons been really bad um got a lot better like detroit and ottawa specifically each of which improved in our projections by almost 20 points now what's funny about ottawa and detroit is that they're um while they they while they did get you know quite you know they had a saw a huge improvement i mean for the centers and Red Wings specifically, they're still in arguably the most difficult division in in the league, and you know the four teams ahead of them in the in the Leafs, Panthers, Bruins, and Lightning are all going to probably be good. Now there's some you know debate, and we'll get into this when Sean's back on the podcast about specific team stuff. But um, you know there's there's maybe a little bit of questions around how good are the Bruins actually going to be because a lot of the models in the public seem to still really like them, including ours. But even if So I guess the point is that even in the Atlantic with the Senators and Red Wings improving by almost 20 points in our projections, um, we still have them projected to probably not make the playoffs. I mean, like, both teams have—the Red Wings have a 27% chance right now with the model, and the Senators have a 35% chance. Um, so— it's kind of interesting. So, but I think the point is that we we just saw some tightening. I think among the divisions, the Metro specifically is, and, and the Pacific, the Metro and, and Pacific uh, are all very close. I would say with yeah, um, and especially in the Metro, I think you well, know, well, the Pacific is very close too. Yeah, and, well, you have the, the top two teams, Flames and Oilers, pretty much. But then, yeah, but I was going to say in, in the Metro though, is it's it's like oh yeah, yeah yeah our by our stuff we have the Hurricanes as the you know the clear favorite, but they're only favored by like nine points or something. Um, or even less than that. I think it's eight points. Uh, and so um, it's, it, it is uh, like, you know, and then you have five teams. You have the Hurricanes, Devils, and then the Devils, Capitals, Penguins, and Rangers are all within three points of one another. Um, and so that'll be really interesting to watch. And I think in the Pacific specifically, you see we, we also saw a lot of improvement from the Kings um, and the Canucks. Um, On the Kraken. Well, oddly, the Kraken, quote-unquote, didn't improve because they're basically the same as where we projected them last year. <laughs> oh, you're just uh, <laughs> talking about comparing to our projections yeah, from I'm, last year. Yeah, I'm season. talking about changes a little bit and also just the general divisions. And so um, I think the Pacific last year, we even though the Kings were still very young last year, um, they improved definitely. And by, I think of that, the Pacific, I think maybe, well, uh, disregarding the Flames, uh, who had a huge kind of change, you know, uh, Huge change in the roster. The Kings, I think, Fiala was maybe the biggest ad outside of some of the Kraken players. That you know, Fiala was like more of the marquee type ad for the Kings. But the Kings and Canucks all both improved quite a bit. And so the Pacific, I think, is going to be really difficult, or like a really uh, interesting division next year as well. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think that it's kind of um, it's kind of funny, like looking at the some of the response from our uh, point projections. Um, and I knew this when I was making the model and I was just running the simulations and trying to make double check everything and seeing the Devils and Kraken keep coming out a lot higher than I th- originally an- <laughs> anticipated. I, and I, seeing like the Rangers and Capitals coming down like like below the Devils. I'm in, pretty sure the Devils and the Kraken moved the least compared to last year. Yeah. Right. So they're the exact same spot as where we had them last and year. And so it's just kind of funny because it's like I was just reading some comments or whatever about them. And uh, I, I think that, like, you can really, like, the Devils are such an a very, very interesting team, um, mainly because of how bad their goaltending was last year. And the Rangers are kind of the flip side of that, where historically, relying on a goaltender as much as the Rangers did with Shesterkin is just, a, a model is not going to really, per, like, have... <laughs> Well, wow. I, I can't speak for the model, right? <laughs> like, I can't, like, speak to say, oh, what it thinks. Oh, it thinks this, or it says this, or it thinks... I mean, that's kind of how people talk about projection models. It's like, oh, the model thinks this, or the model said It's like it doesn't do... It. You can't interpret that. It's just n- spitting out numbers. But the Rangers, for instance, I think that because they have relied so much on Shosturkin, like, with goalie performance, it's so variable that any projection model given the data we have is going to be very i would th- say conservative on the actual output that is possible from a player so like Shestirkin could be um it just it's it's it can't build in that much certainty from goalie talent or quote unquote talent and that's kind of my take on why the rangers might be a little low uh here it compared to what you know what we saw from last season is It's just it's really hard for a prediction model to, I mean, at least from what I've seen, really take in goaltender ability or how much goaltenders impact things. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's not as impactful in a model like this as I think people might think it would be, or compared to a few like some other models may have it weighted a little bit more depending on how they're. I think just because of the the bat like the. How the models are built—it's—it's it's all just like you know, regularized logistic regression, right? For the most part. Well, our model is just a logistic regression, or oh, I mean, sorry, just logistic regression. Some yeah. use ridge, some use some additional regularization. Yeah, regularization didn't doesn't really. Yeah, but add like, an, for instance, in ta- right now in both of the the goalie metrics we use as our kind of player value in the model, Shosturkin is the number one goalie, but the spread and overall talent among goalies is is a lot, is a lot closer to, or all the goalies yes. are closer to one another than they are in an actual regular season because yes. the variance year over year in goaltender performance is very yeah. wild, and which would, everyone knows this. I but. would probably expect Shesterkin's performance to not be as high as that. Yeah, I think, <laughs> like you, I think a lot of yeah. people, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, I don't want to keep coming back to this like example, but we've kind of had fantasy hockey on my mind about ESPN, basically McDavid was on 150 point pace, and then in 2020, 20, or in the 2020-2021 season, and then the next year going into last season, ESPN had him projected at 150 points in an 82 game season, which is like any what he put up like 100 and I think it was like 120, 20 or something. And so it's kind of funny because it's like I would I I would if Shestirkin repeats his performance from last year, I would be very surprised. You trying to make a bet right now live? I'm not trying to make a bet right <laughs> now, but I would be extremely surprised if we see the as good of a season from Shem as we did last year. Yeah, I mean... And so that's kind of what the model is also, you know, I think, if I had to guess, you know, kind of what it's doing there is that you can't be that certain... Like, all of the player ratings, for instance, that the, these models project because I have to make, like, a bunch of different player projection models, they're all pretty conservative. I mean, quote-unquote conservative because predicting really big outlier seasons which we see in a lot of these models is just it happens all the time and so the model just is pretty conservative to minimize the loss quote-unquote I mean yeah to minimize the loss on or it, to fit the model as best as it can it's minimizing the you know it'll, it'll shrink things and, and it's more conservative yeah well and, and then the other the flip side of it is uh, outside of goaltending is it also I mean obviously a goal goalie even though goalies are a very large part in a team team's performance, there you know, there's the rest of the entire lineup, right? Yes. And so in New York's case, which is interesting, and we asked about this, is like, you know, there's i I think it's Lieber Hijack, right? Yep. Um is and and Ryan Reeves are two of the worst players by our projections. Yes. in the model, Ryan Reeves is the worst player projected and, by our export. New York, projection. the Rangers seem very, um, you know, they uh, they they're basically the Rangers are icing several players that are are hurting them in the projections, like in terms of you know now. It seems possible, at least Reeves seems like he'll be in the lineup the whole year, but we don't really know. It's But based on reporting, we kind of have to guess about these players that don't have anything to do with injuries. It's more about like how much is this player going to be used, and in the case of really, really bad skaters, those skaters in a projection system like this, if they're projected to play the whole season, um, now they, I can, did, they can really hurt. I you did know. bump off Hijack, I think, yeah. about a third of the way into the season because I think that's kind of how they've used him in the past, is like he'll start and then... They'll he'll kind of get benched for the end of the season, um, which is kind of what happened last year. So I didn't actually he's not projected to with the Rangers. I think that was like the only player that yeah. I did that with, because <laughs> it's just I was looking. I, I, I asked about the Blackhawks, too. Like, are they going to actually play Jack Johnson the whole year? And everyone was literally like, yes. And that makes sense to me because they're clearly trying to tank. They're the worst player in our projections, like kind of by far. But I think if you remove Chickering from the Coyotes, that's their. Uh, they're getting down there. We have coyote, it's, it's, Coyotes at sixty-seven point two, and the Blackhawks at sixty-three point five, and then Montreal is the and then one. Montreal is at sixty-nine point eight. So I think if if <laughs> like the Coyotes dump ch- or like trade just ch- uh, Chickering and. um like, we still project him to be a really good defenseman next year, so if they do that, then we're getting into, you know... But that's, like I mentioned earlier, is then there's another team that's going to be adding and So, like, if Chickerin to the Rangers, and they replace and like, hijack with Chikorin on the Rangers, that would be a very large bump. I would guess probably in the three- to four-point range, um, kind of putting them maybe up over the Devils, like, based on... Just, I'm estimating here. It might not be that much, but... I would think that it would be kind of, so that's kind of like just to give you an example of like certain things that could happen. Yeah. there's. I it's mean, just like, what are we supposed to just guess? Like, it's like, I'm not going to, you know, we're staying as objective as we can, which is always what we do. Um, we try to just not let our personal opinions or any subjectivity from us come into it. And we just rely on what the model are saying. And, I think the worst teams now are, are somewhat interesting to me um, specifically because of the changes we've seen in, in Chicago and then also Montreal is just kind of really tanked um Arizona is always going to be bad I mean I don't mean any offense to Coyotes <laughs> fans but they just didn't have any changes this off season. um and so it's but it's interesting I was looking at like the different defense you know the groups and I didn't quite realize just how bad I think Montreal's defenseman group is going to be this year um yeah well they, Edmondson was out right <coughs> uh yeah he he is out I I don't know Was he out – is he supposed to be out the whole year? Do you remember – I have it up here. Did you write it in this this object here, bro? What? Where, like, you expect players – no, I have a different – No, 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 that's elsewhere. Okay. Um, But but I think I brought him – oh, when – I mean, I have a whole long list. There's probably at well, what's least funny is the their best defenseman is Mike Matheson, who they added in free agency um, by a lot. Oh and, yeah, and He's they their have, best player by uh, in our projections. Yes, which is which is uh, Suzuki is close. Um, I had to double check that he plays for the Canadians because I was like, why did they add him? Yeah, but we have um, Dodonov next in our uh, yeah and then Suzuki and Caulfield. Um, um that's a, a very interesting team that I wasn't expecting because they dropped um compared to last year in our projections which we were probably just way too high end to begin with. Well, they, but that was another one. I remember last year everyone was talking about how terrible or how bad their coach was at the beginning of the season and then they fired him and like it yeah. was like you know again, if we can't we can't predict if if coaches yeah. are mismanaging their team, right? Like yeah, we yeah. just no, can't I, absolutely, yeah. predict that. So it's another thing that it's like we're not going to add a subjective like coach adjustment to say, oh, well, uh, so-and-so coach has this much success in the NHL, so uh, we have this, but we're going to just reduce it because we think that that matters. It's like, no, that's not how—we don't do anything like that, really. I mean, yeah, we that's just not how we've ever done stuff. No. So, anyway— um we're getting close to the thirty we're over thirty minutes. Luke always says thirty minutes and then we're over. We we get over the thirty well, minutes. Bam, we're done then. <laughs> 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 we don't need Sean. We can yeah. do this on our own. Yeah, we can keep going forever. We can keep going. Although we've just been rambling the whole time as is normal um sean isn't in the background on zoom to be l- like uh, ignoring us for 20 yeah, minutes and watching f1 or whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah, i'm just sorry no, sean not... i'm just giving you i'm just giving you shit yeah um anyway so uh i don't know do we have was there anything else we wanted to ch- touch on with these i don't know i just i think that i'd say like go devils go kraken <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's uh, the, we yeah. get to, you know it's one of the fun things when i was doing this it's also kind of fun when you do it in this way is like now i got like yeah we really have liked yes Pratt. we've liked jack hughes we've liked uh Oliver Bjorkstrand for a long time we've yeah. liked Borkowski for yeah. a while so that is the maybe the last thing i'll say is i think there were some questions and i saw this not just about our stuff but in general of like viewing um the teams that specifically had pretty big changes like Cal- calgary is one i think i think calgary kind of makes sense is that they replaced um they lost Goudreau and Kachuk, and they replaced them with uh with uh, Uyghur uh, and huberto. uh huberto Uyghur, and um uh, there's another player that I'm forgetting. Didn't you write uh, Cadre? and Cadre. Cadre. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so those kind of balance each other out in in a way that Calgary is still projected to be very good and they also have a really, really good skater group there. Yeah, when We're, Florida just they did this yeah. big added Kachuk. So yeah, Florida. And and, like, yeah, Florida and Calgary kind of balance each other out. The Kraken are I think are maybe the most interesting here because while we still project them at basically the same pace as we did last year, um, they added three great players in Bjorkstrand, Burkovsky and uh, um, well, they have Benears now, oh, and then yeah, Matty Benears, um, and they also were now the model. So, with those additions, the model also, though, is it taking into account some of the changes in our in the ways that we view their goaltending because they clearly had some of the most probably the worst goaltending last year out of nothing, and so, um, I, and then Columbus, I'm sorry, but Columbus, yes, they added Johnny Udrow, who's easily their best player and one of the best players in the league. But they also, because of that, uh, because of signing Liney, they lost Björkstrand, who by our stuff, is very good and he's going to be a very good addition to Seattle, I think. And so and then they also added, you know, a player like, you know, Gubranson, Branson, who our stuff doesn't necessarily um, project well. And so yeah. Columbus just uh, putting is, it lightly. Yeah. I don't want to be mean to Columbus. Uh, great city. Uh, you know, I think the team is fun, um, but the Metro also is extremely it's it's a pretty competitive division and so uh, it just doesn't move the needle a lot for for them. Yeah. So I think that those are the of <laughs> You know, I really wanted to believe that. Uh, you know, we could we could have our projections; they would bump up a little bit. But uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. And because um, what where did they come in in relation to last season? Uh, they're, they're 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 almost nine points better yeah, than no, what we projected they, last year. That was one of the things I said, like in terms of the parity conversation, is that Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo all improved. Who are at least the last three or four years have all have been very bad. And so Buffalo is definitely on the up and up in a way now. I still think like I said in the article that they're a year or two away. Now, I also said in the article they still have potential uh in own power to win the Norris and Rasmus Asplund <laughs> to win the Selkie. So, we'll see um I just think that they're a little bit away- far away, but Well, um, it's also I'll say that a player like Tage Thompson for instance, he did have a much much better obviously uh big breakout season last year, but Again, when you're doing a projection model like this, we're using prior up to prior 3 years of prior performance and like just like at that age given his prior track record, it's just you're not going to predict somebody to just yeah. k- repeat what they did last year. That's just it's not going to happen, that's not how the models work. Yeah. They're going to build in tra- a track record uh for all players in their age range and kind of what their previous seasons performance was like. And it's just going to pull them back down because it's that's just you don't see that very often. Normally, and, yeah, you have trends, and if players keep going up, like for instance, like Matthews or McCar, right, or even Caprizov only having two years, or Jason Robertson, they have two very stable years of very good performance. That is a that is what kind of you are going to look for in a projection model to spit out a much more a much higher number. You if you have three years. You know, you have one year of good performance after two years of bad performance. It's not going to repeat what happened last year. That's just not how it works. If yeah. you look at oh. trends in the NHL, that just doesn't... It's not what happens, so that's what the model is spitting out. And especially also with a player like Owen Power, who's, like, projected to be pretty decent. I mean, like, especially for, what, 19? Is he 19? Is he 20? Uh, I don't I don't know. But it's like, you know, when you, when you have players like that, it's just... It's a very uncertain situation, and things could go... One way or the other, but just you know the way that it's starting right now is we're going to need to see you know really the model just needs to see more from the Buffalo players and before we can. I will give them credit though is the Sabres aren't icing anyone who's who's below replacement except for Craig Anderson. That's the only player on Buffalo that is at least in the current rosters that we have that is projected to be below replacement level next year. And so while they don't have any crazy good players yet. Um, you know, they still have. Uh, I think some players that are coming around, and they're also still a few other additions. seem well, like there's kind of holding there's still like a younger team, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We haven't looked at average age of the projected rosters, but no, like, I didn't look. I think that the, still, it's like if you look at what the Sabers are doing, it's like this is they're not like doing the Ottawa thing, right? Right. They didn't go out and sign no. Giroux and all of you know all trade these, for DeBrinket, and, trade for you know, DeBrinket, and do all these crazy moves right now. They're you know they're building a, a slower core. I mean, you can clearly see that. They're not being crazy. Well, I would say, sorry, they're, they're slowly building a Yes, core. yes, sorry. Well, and the flip side... They're not now, building a slow a core slow. of players. <laughs> they're slowly building, which is, I think, what we've seen with other successful teams like um, like Tampa Bay and Colorado and Carolina, like, and even the Leafs. Now, they got, they got really... They lucked into Matthews, but... Well, I'm not going to say they lucked into... Well, the Jets didn't but, draft him, so... The, yeah, the Jets did <laughs> But, um... <laughs> It's kinda of like I don't I, I guess that my expectations is not given what the Sabres have done, um, I don't I wouldn't expect them to be now they're we're giving them eight more, po- nine more points than we projected last year. So. I think at the very least, the Sabres are going to be a fun, t- a more fun team oh, to yeah, watch this year, absolutely. and they were they were very fun to watch. I thought last year, even which is an improvement over the last few years. So um, I think the Sabres we can end on uh, there. Um, we will. I think we, we got to leave a little bit of stuff to talk about with Sean when he gets mad about these projections. I which I some DMs we had with them hinted at him not uh, completely agreeing with everything that we were uh, <laughs> we projected today. So we'll have to see. Oh, and um, he what 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 was that? Oh, I think. I'd I don't know well maybe oh never mind <laughs> he might have just wanted to make fun of us oh yeah uh, classic uh, which is classic sean uh but but yeah um, anyway we apologize sabers fans that we don't have you yeah the, your favorite team projected higher but those are the breaks you know yeah. sometimes you just have to say, you, you can say just you know what i don't care about the model i'm gonna yeah. watch because I, I i believe Screw that i believe in the vibes i believe in the team the sabers gonna be great what this is year. that the matrix quote you don't believe in all that fate crap yeah <laughs> <laughs> from the matrix the oracle the oracle yeah now Okay. Uh, enough. Enough. Um, <laughs> yes. All right. We, we should be done. <laughs> so anyway, Team Sean isn't here to to I, not get that reference. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We we don't get to have uh, spend five minutes explaining uh, that to him. Um. Anyway. Uh. For any. Yeah. Our 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 team point projections are out for the 22 23 nhl season um we have a write-up on the on evolvinghockey.com check them out uh they can be found under the projections drop down uh the season starts in five days less than that almost yep um we'll be back here in a couple four days. days actually yeah four days uh and so we're we're basically right it's the eve of uh the nhl of another nhl season so uh i think we were uh, we're looking forward to it yeah all right well then i don't know how does sean end these things Said, well, uh, you know, thanks for sticking around this long. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you did, we really appreciate it. Go uh, smash the like and subscribe button on whatever platform you're using. Give us a great review. Sean doesn't say that. No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm um, just trying to think. I can't remember. Well, yeah. Anyway, I, well, we'll we'll get out of your get out of here. Yeah, I, out I think of our that's basement. It. Thanks for yeah. Like Luke said, thanks thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll see you uh, in the next episode.